Welcome to Bible Talk. As you can see today, those of you that are regular participants and uh, join me regularly, that I'm in a different setting. Today I'm recording from our DeLand campus building in DeLand, Florida for Deltona Alliance Church. And so glad to be able to be here. And Pastor Andrew shared with me that back in the fall while I was um, having surgery and recuperating, when he did the Bible talk that he traveled around to various venues for the Bible talk to remind folks of the ministry and to pray for things. And I thought that was a great idea. So I've borrowed that idea from him. And uh, today I'm in our DeLand campus building and reminding us to pray for the ministry here at the DeLand campus and how exciting I am that many years ago, probably, I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago, God laid it on my heart that uh, we had a lot of people attending DAC in Deltona from DeLand and uh, that uh, maybe this would be a, an opportunity for us to reach out in ministry there to give those people who live in DeLand um, an easier way to invite their unchurched friends, uh, neighbors, and relatives and associates to come to church. So that's how we launched the ministry and I'm here in the building today doing the Bible talk and glad you could join me. Let's pray and we're going to jump right in. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today in the DeLand Campus building, and I pray for the ministry here at the DeLand Campus to bear fruit and uh, to spread the footprint of what you're doing through the ministry of DAC uh, literally around the world, Father. Thank you for allowing us to participate in your great end-time uh, ministry to uh, people who haven't heard of Jesus and help us to be a significant part of that in everything that we say and do, even beyond our ability to know how we're being used. And we especially thank you for the prayer that goes around the world because it goes to your throne. So in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, again, I want to remind you that what I'm doing um, this year is just taking selected scriptures from passages I'm reading through my Through the Bible in the Year reading and my reading covers an Old Testament, a New Testament, Old Testament passage, New Testament passage, Psalms, Proverbs passage. So I'll be selecting from different uh, aspects of the Bible or different areas of the Bible as I'm reading and things really pique my interest or imagination. Today we're going to go to Genesis chapter 38. Now chapter 38 is fascinating to me on several levels and let's, let me talk about that. Joseph is introduced in chapter 37. And essentially, the rest of the book of Genesis revolves around the account of Joseph, um, one of Jacob's sons, and um, how Joseph had been betrayed by his brothers and sold into slavery in Egypt, and Joseph rode to prominence in Egypt, and Joseph um, ended up saving the brothers who actually had wanted to and tried to and thought they had killed him. Um, what a remarkable, remarkable story. But that being said, it seems to me incredible that inserted in the middle of just after we've heard the story of Joseph's betrayal by his brothers and his sold into slavery, then we have inserted into the text, and again, Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses, but it, it happens to be chapter 38, and it's, it's distinguished from 37 because um, it, it's a different story than the story of Joseph. It's like it's been parachuted in. Um, 
I, why is that? I don't know why the Holy Spirit inspired Moses to write it that way, but we can speculate. And my speculation would be that it's to draw out such a dramatic contrast between Joseph and at least one of his brothers, Judah. And Judah, you know, was the direct ancestor of Jesus, was the son of Leah, uh, the first wife of Jacob that was given to him as a wife by his uncle by deception. I mean, the whole thing, I mean, so proper wouldn't touch it. And now we get to chapter 38 and we find that at that time, Judah left his brothers and went down to stay with a man of Adullam named Hira. There, Judah met the daughter of a Canaanite man named Shua. He married her and lay with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son who was named Ur. She conceived again and gave birth to a son named Onan. <clears throat> she gave birth still to another son named Shelah. It was at Kizib that she gave birth to him. Um, we don't know why, but Ur was so wicked that God killed him. Okay? Then Onan was supposed to uh, in the law of the, I guess, the Leverite marriage was supposed to act as a proxy father for his deceased brother and provide a child that was legally his deceased brother's child uh, with his widow, but he refused to do so. And so the Lord put him to death too because he was wicked. <laughs> so Judah marries a Canaanite who was a, a, a pagan person that was outside the desired uh, line of people to marry and then has children who turn out to be so wicked that the Bible says God killed them. This is, keep in mind, this man was the ancestor that Jesus is a direct descendant of Judah. And, and okay. Now, rest of the story his daughter-in-law, Tamar. Uh, Judah then says to his daughter-in-law, Tamar, live as a widow, uh, that would be Ur's widow, live as a widow in your father's house until my son Shelah grows up, for he thought he may die too, just like his brothers. So Tamar, it's really the best way to say, I'm sorry I mispronounced it. Tamar went to live in her father's house. And after a long time, Shula, uh, uh, Judah's wife, died. And then uh, Tamar uh, was told that, uh, in other words, the, the son didn't, it didn't pan out that she could have an heir through the Leverite of, of her other brother that hadn't the brother of her 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 former husband or her deceased husband i mean it was all just a mess so J judah's wife dies so he's taking a trip and you know i'll just summarize the rest of it he's taking a trip out of town tamar hears about it she disguises herself as a prostitute and goes 
to be to know where she'll run into to Judah and seduces him and leaves her his uh, cord and his signet ring ring in other words personal items that would identify him uh, with her as as sort of a guarantee of uh, 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 that that she was going to get paid his cord and and your seal in its cord and the staff in your hand she answered so he gave him them to her and slept with her and she became pregnant by him and afterwards she took off her veil and put on her widow's clothes again so in other words tamar used deception to fulfill her right as a widow <clears throat> to have a child that would secure her future and continuance of of not only her but her husband's um, legal legal heir and inheritance, especially since he was the firstborn, right of Judah. So that would meant he would have gotten, you know, more inheritance probably than the others. I mean, so then she turns up pregnant. Somebody reports it to Judah, and Judah's re. <laughs> reaction was bring her out and have her burned to death <laughs> talk about hypocrisy i think about our own lives how you know we we talked before it's oh it's really fun to confess other people's sins what somebody else should do or have done you know if we're not jesus said get the log out of your own eye before you see get the speck out of your brother's eye okay let me move on bottom line she has those items that he gave her. She produces them and proves that it was him who had impregnated her. And then he makes, uh, he makes a, a, an amazing statement in verse 26 of chapter 38. Judah recognized them and said, she is more righteous than I since I wouldn't give her to my son, Sheila. And she did not sleep with him or pardon me, and he did not sleep with her again. And where I'm, where I'm fascinated is that statement, she is more righteous than I. Now, folks, I don't know how you want to characterize it or how you want to describe it, but this whole thing is a crazy mess. I mean, you got a, a father who marries somebody who's, an unbeliever, so to speak, and the first child they have, a son, or the son gets married. God kills him because he's so wicked. Then his widow, uh, that her father-in-law, Judah, won't honor her needs and her legal rights, and then she duplistically seduces him and he's out cavorting with prostitutes. I mean, this thing is a mess. But in the, in the midst of that, Judah says, she's more righteous than I am. I think that has fascinating insights with regard to righteousness, is that righteousness is, is relational. The word justice and righteous are the same word in the original in the Bible. They're just translating English justice and righteous, to, depending on the context. But the idea being is that 
Um, God really pays attention to how if we treat other people the way they deserve to be treated and if we treat other people in a way that doesn't uh, take away their just desserts in favor of us satisfying ours. I think that's a huge, huge piece. And I just think that's a fascinating passage. Now, the rest of the story, uh, to borrow from Paul Harvey, is, is if, you, if you go over to um, chapter 44 and the story with Joseph, and it gets down to the point where Benjamin is going to be held by Joseph, and Judah offers himself as a substitute for Benjamin and um, and and offer in other words this Judah in chapter 44 is a different guy than we saw in chapter 38 and this Judah in chapter 44 turns out to be a remarkable resemblance to his great 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 great, great whatever great grandson our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself as a sacrifice for his brothers and sisters. Um, I just find this is a fascinating account. I'd invite you to reread it and look at it. And just remember that no matter how crazy your life has been or where you've come from, it's not too big for the grace of God to straighten out and for the blood of Christ to redeem and renew and restore and for the resurrection of Christ to start all over again right now. Judah is proof of that. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word. And thank you for your mercy and your grace, which gives us the power to turn around and repent and go a different direction that leads to life with you. Give us the faith to trust you and thank you for using Judah to bring Jesus to us, but also using Judah as an example to us that you can use anybody who will humble themselves before you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next.